I'm Ed Gross, and you're listening to CloserWeekly.com's classic TV and film podcast, where we celebrate the golden age of television and movies, then and now. When you think of the Brady Bunch, which cast member comes to mind? Maybe it's Maureen McCormick as Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. Barry Williams as he who would be Johnny Bravo. Robert, why am I on this show? Reed as Mike Brady or any of the others. But what about Ambie Davis? Her character of Alice in many ways served as the foundation for the others, the person that virtually everyone else could turn to in times of need. While there's no denying that the Brady Bunch cast found themselves actually typecast as a result of the show and all those reunions that followed, Anne actually had a thriving career prior to playing housekeeper Alice. In fact, she won no less than two Emmy Awards for her role as Schultze on the 1955-1959 sitcom The Bob Cummings Show. Following the Brady Bunch, she performed in dinner theater and then retired from acting for the most part, choosing instead to move into a religious community and spending her time giving back to others. This episode, we decided to turn the focus on to Anne and to do so have looked to Lloyd J. Schwartz, son of Brady Bunch creator Sherwood Schwartz, who worked on the original series, was intimately involved in the follow-ups, and was close friends with Anne. One of my favorite people in the world was um, Anne B. Davis, and uh, we were very close, and uh, this article is about her, am I right? Yes, it is. Okay. Well, fire away. What do you want to know? Well, I'll tell you, you <laughs> just you just made a very uh, strong comment saying that she's one of your most favorite people in the world. Let's start with that. Why? Yeah. Why do you feel that way? Well, we were um, we were very close. I, it's, I'll tell you one funny story. Um, her birthday was May third, and mine is May second. Okay. And so after Brady Wench went down, we still were close, and then she moved. You know, she moved around a couple of places, and we would always talk, and she would always call me on my birthday. And so then the next day was her birthday, so I didn't call her because we didn't talk every day. Right. And so I said, well, it's not fair that she calls me all the time. So I started calling her on May 1st. And then she got wise to that and started calling me on April 30th. <laughs> and it just. <laughs> That's great. That's great. I love that. And, and, and it, went, it went like that. We were much closer than just working together. Uh, she taught me how to drive stick. She had a little Porsche. And um, I bought a stick shift car. Also a 914 Porsche. That's one of the expensive Porsches. Thinking about us, Alice, and they're running around in a little Porsche. That's you know, that's what she did. And so I bought that, and I didn't know how to drive it. And so we um, went up to Dodger Stadium, where there's a large, you know, wide open parking lot, and started to teach me how to drive this car. And then the, the guard came and started to get upset until he realized it was Alice. And then he just let us keep doing. So that was kind of that's cool. nice, right? Um, yeah. And then uh, you know she would come into town and. Uh, I think she stayed here a couple of times and she came in for my wedding and for the kids bar mitzvahs and stuff. So she was really almost became a, like an extended family. And then, um, I ended up, uh, uh, sadly doing, um, her eulogy in, uh, San Antonio. Yeah. So, uh, we were, as I say, we're, we're very close. I remember the first time that we connected was on the first day of filming. Well, I got involved in pretty much after the pilot. And so now, they assigned me the kids as a dialogue coach and Annie was doing a scene and she was doing something that was, uh, that I mean, I, it might've even been as, and this is just my recollection. So it's hard to exactly, but, but so, you know, like she was always stirring stuff on the stove. Now there was never anything in that pot, but right. I mean, she was always stirring cause she was, she was a terrible cook. And this, I don't even know if she ever <laughs> cooked and she actually published a cookbook, a cookbook too, right. which was, 
Yes. So was, anyway, I, I don't think any of the recipes were hers, but okay. So she was stirring this and maybe she was interested in what was going on. And so she did that and she looked over at me and we had no connection, but I just got onto the set and I kind of indicated she should stir faster and faster. And she's a wonderful, she takes direction, fabulous. And so then she came over to me and she said, just, she said, you know, don't you? Meaning I know what I'm talking about. Okay. And I kind of nod and I said, yeah. And so whenever we did any scene, she would always, I was on there, we, we had rotating directors, right. but she would always look to me to see, you know, something or other when we would, we would work out bits and things. And then, um, so it was, it was, we had this, this great communication. She was very, very nice woman, had nothing to do with children. And so this whole idea of her, you know, uh, Alice is a beloved character and beloved by the characters in the Brady Bunch, but she was not that kind of person. You know, she was never married. Um, she, you know, everybody suspected that she was gay. Right. Uh, she, we, and she and I talked about it. She says, no, I have a lot of issues, but that's not one of them. Oh, really? Okay. So that's what she's told me. Yeah. So that's what she told me. I, I think someone had told me she had once had a, a relationship, I think, with a married guy or something. And um, it ended badly. And I don't know that she ever had anything else after that. I don't, I mean, that's just almost apocryphal. Right. I know you're but we never talked beyond that part of it. One time, it was funny. She had we went to the opening of Follies at um, the new the Schubert Theater. It was a new. It's now gone, but it was a, it was opening of the whole theater and that play in Century City. And so she asked me to be her escort. And I was 22 at the time. And we came there, and I remember Army Archer was interviewing everybody, and he then saw Annie because she's a star, and he said, "Come over here, Envy." And, and being, who's your escort? And I realized, oh my God, I look like a gigolo. <laughs> so, so he says to me, what do you think of the theater? I said, well, I haven't been inside yet. And I ran away. <laughs> that, that was it. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. Uh, then she actually um, uh, did a lot of theater, did a lot of theater. And while we were doing Brady Bunch, she um, would do dinner theater. And so I was recently engaged to, to my wife. Uh, we're now married 43 years. So it's exactly how you, um, you can figure out how long ago it was. And, um, I remember, um, she was doing a dinner theater in Shreveport, Louisiana. And so Barbara and I went to see this play in Shreveport, Louisiana, and I can't remember the name of it. And the audience loved her. And we talked afterwards and she said, um, you know, she asked what I thought of the play. And I said, well, why are you doing this awful play? <laughs> That's an answer. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they loved her. Right. And then she said, well, nobody has written a play for dinner theater. Uh, and all the plays on Broadway, they took, usually took a Broadway play dinner theater and they cut it down a little bit and took out anything objectionable or whatever. But all the plays at that time, and this was seventies were pretty risque, right. which was not right for the dinner theater audience. And so that they were left with like no material. And so she, and so she said, so I said, well, I'll write you a play. And so um, I wrote a play with uh, Wendell Burton called um, The Nearlyweds. And uh, we had a reading at, at uh, my apartment. I remember my wife played a part and I, I actually read a part and stuff. And uh, she she got it booked in, in Dallas, Texas, Granny's Dinner Theater in Dallas, Texas. Okay. And uh, and uh, I like the rest is history on that play because uh, it started my career, my other career in, in theater 
but it also got published by Samuel Plentz, French, and she played it all around the country. Oh, wow. And it was a, a big success, and it was the first play ever written for dinner theater. No play had been really? written specifically for dinner. Yeah, no play had ever been specifically written for dinner theater before, which is not a fact that we knew. Because when we were in Dallas, uh, the reviewer for the, the paper took us out and says, how does it feel to have written the first play for dinner theater? That's wow, how I found out. that's great. Yeah, and so uh, Annie was kind of the inspiration for that. And she played that for a while and um, had a lot of other bookings, lots of bookings. And then she said to me, you know, I'm not going to do this anymore. And that was when she stopped actually working as an actress. Okay. You know, she came back for the reunion things, but this, her heart was not in this anymore. And her heart took her into another place, which is she became part of a religious community. Now, a lot of people would say that, also just the same way they would question her sexuality, they would ask, they thought that she became a nun. It was, no, she just lived in this religious community, did a lot of charity work, you know, with homeless and things. And, um, and she felt a new fulfillment there. So acting and wasn't so necessary said, anymore. No. And I said, you're, I said, your, your new vision is costing me money. I kidded her because <laughs> <laughs> she gave up the theater, but I was very, I'm, I was extremely happy for her yeah. and she was very fulfilled with that. And then they moved, I think it was from Denver and then they moved to San Antonio which is where she, she lived out her life in San Antonio. Right. She would always call. She, the, by that time, the only time she did sing some things for money. She, she did some commercials and things, but um, she really wasn't interested in it. And she would always check with me uh, whether it was something she should do or not. And that included the Brady Bunch movie. Really? She was, she had a part in that and she wasn't sure whether to do it or not because it was a little bit, you know, PG 13 right. close to our kind of movie. And I said, no, 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 this is fine. This is fine. And this is what she agreed to do that. So, uh, and that was great. And, uh, and she was loved in that. And then I remember, you know, we won like TV land awards, you know, pop culture awards or something. And it was fascinating when she came on the stage, as much as the kids were, you know, got applause and things, uh, she got the most applause. Really? Because everybody just, yeah, everybody just loved Alice. Right. It's interesting for a, a person um, to have two really uh, iconic characters in their life. And then she was Schultze, of course, in Bob Cummings' show, which is not as remembered today as the Brady Bunch just because it was a longer time ago. Right. But, you know, she won Emmy Awards for that and a uh, fabulous character. When she was suggested, and you probably know this part of the story, when when we cast Brady Bunch originally, Joyce Bolifant was going to be Carol. Right. And then uh, Florence became available. Now, when Joyce got the part of Carol, Joyce is a, more of a comedian than Florence. Florence does the comedy really well, but Joyce is more, you know, just funny instantly. And so we had kind of a straighter kind of character for the housekeeper. I can't remember who played that, who or who was, they were thought for that. And then when Florence was cast, dad said, you know, now we need a funnier uh, Alice. And so... Um, I think Anne was doing, she was doing like a nightclub act in Seattle or Alaska or someplace. And they kind of bought her out of it to come down and test, you know, for this. And she got the part and she, you know, it was, it was funny. I'll tell you another thing that was, she didn't have a last name, you know, she was just Alice. Right. And then we did some episode where a mailman came to the door and he says, I've got a letter for Alice. He says, I can't, just say that the mailman said people have last names, you know, right. I have a letter for that. And so we said, what's her last name? And I said, Nelson. 
Uh, <laughs> just like that. And well, it was it was um, it wasn't just like that. It was because my dad had done Ozzy and Harriet, and so I said, "Let's oh. call her Nelson." Kind of as a sem- a semi salute Ozzy and Harriet. Nobody right. knows that, and I think this is new for this inter- you know for your well, article. Good. I never but heard that before. No, well, that's that's how she got her last name. Mm-hmm. And in fact, Sam had his name his last name also had a very similar thing. Who uh, he was? It was in the butcher shop, and for some reason, we needed a last name there. And I said, and I looked, and somebody was putting down a hundred dollar bill for. I can't remember. But I said, I saw that as Franklin. So I said, it's Franklin. And so that's how he got his last name. Okay. And many years, many many years later, the very first winner of Who Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. Right. And it was the million dollar question. And they said, what was Carol's, Carol Brady's maiden name? And of the four choices, two of them were Franklin and Nelson. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> that is funny. What, what, yeah. was, what was Carol's maiden name? I don't remember now. In the pilot episode, they mentioned the names. Oh, okay. I think it was either Tyler or something like that. It was one was, you know, it was her, whether it was maiden name or, was her, or whether it was her husband's name, she was, she was either divorced or, right. no, she was divorced. That's right. Which was never, as you probably know this, they, they never told anybody what. The, the circumstances with the first marriage for her. Which is why they brought us back the husband for the Brady Bunch movie, right? Or the second one, one or the other. Uh, the sequel, yeah. The sequel. Yeah. Which, yeah. yeah. <laughs> those are those are some um, thoughts I had of her. It was it was really a very dear relationship, and she was very close to our family. And uh, I know we sent Christmas cards, and then she told me she kept all of them around, you know, hanging up in her room. So we became very important to her, and she was very important to us. And, That's nice. You know, uh, yeah, it was she was she was she was really a uh, really special person in uh, my life, and uh, it was I'm I'm glad that uh, someone's doing an article about her because she deserves you know the kind of recognition for who she was. She was one of those people that everybody just would feel uncomfortable coming up and talking to her because she was a character who they feel that they knew. You know, it's the same, same as Marianne and, and Gilligan who got five times a fan mail anybody else because she was just so accessible. Right. I was saying, given the fact that she gave up acting, but she would always come back to play Alice. Was it just because of the love for That's that character right. and for you guys? Or Yes, both of those things. Both of those things. Um, yeah. No, and, you know, she, she, she would check with me on certain things because so she would have, like, an offer or something. And at that point, she only wanted to act um, in stuff that uh, we, were, we were part of. There was never a problem getting yeah. her back, which is nice. No, 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 no. I, I was not. I'm, a, I'm a, I'm a creative person, so I don't know what the deal things were. Sure. You know, oh, yeah, maybe money had something to do with. It. I don't, I don't know. But uh, there was never, she never blinked at coming back for that. That's great. You know, but, but we would talk about it and, and the fact that because uh, you know she had a, a very successful career and probably could have done a lot more, but uh, she just said that's. You know, you when she just didn't have that fire in the belly that that you know a lot of times actors need to to pursue this, and she was very fulfilled. Uh, and I, be, you know, I became close. She was there was a, a minister's uh, no bishop's family, uh, and I don't. Uh, I know a lot of people have passed away, so I don't even know if he's around right now. Right. But she became that, and I became friendly with him, and he was a uh, – I would send him some – when I would write stuff that was religious, I would get his opinion. So it was kind of neat. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. But she found her fulfillment, yeah. it sounds like, from religion, seriously, from that religious community she was That's in. It. And that was it. That's, That's exactly 
That's exactly right. And she was, she had, she lived in a home, uh, a house, like the business house with a lot of rooms and she had a room there and that was, um, that was her life. And she had a, a twin sister, you know, Harriet. And uh, they were close. About her. I didn't know much and about they, her. Yeah. Yeah. They they looked very much very similar, and they sounded exactly like. Yeah. But she had, she had nothing to do with acting. Oh, okay. So there was, no, there was no putting in a uh, an Alice double or something. Well, we did. She played her own double, <laughs> Alice, in an episode of a Brady Bunch She's called Sergeant Emma. She played her she played her cousin, and we worked hard on that too. We worked really hard on that. It's funny when episode for each episode of Brady Bunch, it was always a uh, character was featured. Very seldom were the adults featured. Right. But uh, when the kids were featured, I always worked with them the night before and talking about the episode and like that. And so we did that and we worked out the other voice that she had for Sergeant Emma and her Chris tone and all that kind of stuff. And she took that very seriously. And it was funny. We did we did one episode of Brady Bunch where uh, Imogene Coco was a guest star. Right. And I had worked on It's About Time, and I was very close to Imogene. So I had these two women, really lions of our industry in terms of comedy and you know, uh, you know, uh, public public awareness. Yeah. And I had them both in in a, in an episode, and and they're my favorite two of my favorite people. So what was fascinating is they worked completely differently. Now Imogene was. Uh, as, as performers, Imogene was much more like Robin Williams. You know, she was wild, a very shy person in, in life, in real life. But on the stage, she was just all over the place, oh, like Robin yeah. was all over the place. Now, Ann B was kind of like Lucy, who was extremely rehearsed. And so she had to have every beat. This was Ann B. That's how she worked. That people just worked differently. And I and it was so funny to to see them. You know, they didn't have many scenes together, but just see their styles were so different. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You, yeah. You know, the kids, the I, I say the kids, and I always have to put quotes around that. The kids. They're always kids. They're, they're always kids. Side, I don't know what they, Yeah. Right? They were on um, yeah. the Andy Cohen show last week, Watch What Happens Live, I think it's called. Uh, and they were doing yeah. trivia. And one of the things they said about Alice is that they put rags in the pots of water so it would give some resistance to the ladle. Is that true, or is that them just coming up with stuff? It, it could be both of those things. I, I like don't that. remember that. <laughs> I just remember. I just remember she was just stirring water. That's what I remembered. And everybody, you know, and all the cookies she supposedly baked and pulled. They were pulled out. They were bought in the store and put on the plant. I mean, I mean, that was. Uh, so she she didn't ever cook. Oh, no. <laughs> no, they were rags. That's so that, what they said. That's, that's, that's it. <laughs> You know, that's con that's conceivable. Yeah, I mean, okay. I, I didn't I didn't remember that. You know, it's very funny that that I don't get asked anywhere near much of the Brady questions as they get asked because on a daily basis they're out there and people know who they are, and so it's constantly memories, constantly refreshed. Right. So it's like I I am um, I'm depending upon a more distant memory in some ways because it's not asked me all the time. Oh, sure. So that particular question I don't know. Right. I don't know. When we did Brady Brides. It was not going to be Florence wasn't going to be supposed to be a regular, but for some reason we had Annie and she was just so good. Both of the two of them were were theater people. And, you know, the, the Brady Brides was done in front of an audience and they come alive in front of an audience. Right. Which was kind of interesting. And so they both became regulars in that show. Oh, that's cool. You know? Yeah. See, and, and it's a different Brady, too, because the other ones weren't filmed in front of a live audience. So, yeah, Brady, Brady has had the 
the distinct reputation of being everything. Yeah. Uh, I know there's no other series you can point to that has been cartoon series, regular one camera comedies, mini, mini series, feature films, movies of the week, three camera show, you know, variety show, which we had nothing to do with. Right. Uh, and we're also going to do, um, the very, very Brady musical is going to start a national tour at the end of September. Oh, good. Is it coming to New York or not? It's a musical. Uh, we'll cast it out of New York. I'm fighting against it. Being a, uh, uh, I've got a lot of partners. I, I would rather have it out in the country mm-hmm. rather than Broadway. It doesn't feel like a Broadway thing to me. Okay. And I don't even like, uh, like necessarily off Broadway, but I think it belongs in Columbus, Ohio and in Dallas, Texas, and all around the world, around the country. But well, that, that, that's, that's to be seen because right. I think they're working on schedules and things now. Um, so that's cool. Now, Annie came into town. So I think she stayed at my house <laughs> when, to see that show. Right. That's, that's, <laughs> when we did when we did it at uh, Theater West um, about ten year eight ten years ago. Wow. It takes that long to get things going. Oh you know? yeah. So those are my uh, memories and things. Do you have any any more specifics? No. In I terms think, of honestly, I think between the back and forth, I think we nailed pretty much everything. I think. Uh, yeah. Well, it's just uh, she was. Um, I was, it was, this one was more fun than some of the interviews I do because some of them are just so Brady-ish, but this one is really about personal things with her and she was, she was terrific, I think. We hope you enjoyed this look back at Amdine Davis. We also hope that you enjoyed this podcast. Please subscribe, tell your friends about us and give us a five-star review. Thanks very much for listening and we'll see you next time.